Ian Trottier here for Discussions of Truth. And uh, folks, uh, got an incredible guest here today uh, for, for you. Um, look, uh, more and more Americans are realizing that the mainstream media, right, is, uh, is completely, um, uh, it's propagandized, right? So it's, it's, meant to, uh, it's meant to shape viewers and listeners to take either a left approach or a right approach. Um, that's in some ways called a thesis versus antithesis, right? So a Hegelian dialectic. And uh, today's guest, uh, and I just, by the way, I just returned from D.C., um, where uh, I'll get into that in a little bit, but, uh, but today's guest is, uh, Ricky Schroeder, the, uh, the, uh, childhood actor. Um, he's a golden globe, uh, winner. Uh, he, at the age of nine with John Voight, uh, he, uh, filmed, uh, the champ, which was a remake. So we'll bring Ricky on in a few minutes. Uh, but, uh, uh, in DC, something very important. And I just got off the phone with, um, an author that uh, has published uh, is a New York Times bestseller. Uh, he also um, uh, he's also published with Skyhorse. Uh, he's done uh, recent work with uh, RFK Jr., with uh, uh, Judy Mikovits, uh, Alex Jones, uh, Zach Voorhees, the Google whistleblower. Um, I, I I have expressed and shared this story uh, with Kent and also with uh, Skyhorse Publishing. There is a possibility that they take it on. Um, I'm definitely taking the story on. This is a, a former FBI agent uh, that um, uh, uncovered and has uncovered uh, John Brennan, uh, the knowledge that John Brennan had of various, um, various what turned out to be terrorist suspects and terrorists uh, that entered the country, um, uh, i.e. the Boston bombing. Um, John Donovan is a former FBI agent and uh, private uh, analyst that exposed Brennan's knowledge of this. Um, on my website, Ian Trottier, that's I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R.com, I get into this and I make this available per John's permission. I make uh, his binder, a PDF binder, available for you to view. I've also sent it to a number of people, including James O'Keefe. Um, to look to look at the work that Donovan Donovan has compiled, it's all um, it's all public, uh, unclassified information. He simply compiled it. Uh, so take a moment and look at that. I was at CPAC. I met with uh, met with John there at CPAC, uh, where he where he gave that information to me. By the way, Donald Trump spoke at CPAC uh, and um, uh, and 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 addressed uh, the crowd there at the Gaylord Convention Center. So uh, that is incredibly important to, to look at because we have, therefore, John Brennan's knowledge of uh, the suspects entering into the United States to, uh, of course, conduct um, uh, 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 with malintent uh, these, these acts of terror in the, in the United States. The claim is incredibly substantial. But uh, Brennan makes, uh, or excuse me, Donovan makes an incredibly strong um, claim with the research that he's done. And, and of point, of point is something called X key score, which is what, what uh, Snowden exposed, right? This is what uh, Edward Snowden exposed. There's elements of the publication in the binder uh, that if Snowden is available to get connected to, will further help Donovan 
show Brennan's knowledge of uh, of the cover up. Uh, if this is all entirely true, folks, if Brennan indeed had knowledge of this NSA program as the head of the CIA, then we're unraveling what is the deep state. And I will mention this to you. Uh, I will mention that um, uh, I frequently go to the Italian nobility um, as being uh, as having knowledge and certainly controlling elements of the deep state. This is critical knowledge because uh, during the Obama presidency, uh, a member of the Aldo Brandini family met at the White House with Jay Carney. This is information that I have gleaned per the research that Donovan uh, Donovan has provided in that binder available again at iantrottier.com. That's I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-R.com. Uh, standing by, folks, for, uh, for Mr. Ricky Schroeder to join us. And we're going to talk to him really about what he understands as um, the various uh, enemies facing, uh, facing the country today. Um, and we'll get, we'll get his view uh, of what's happening, um, what's happening in, uh, in the country. Um, and of course, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what is going on in Hollywood, right? What's, what, what, is, what, uh, what is, what has he been exposed to? Right in in uh, in in Hollywood, uh, being a childhood actor and certainly acting throughout his career, um, what what has he been exposed to? So we're simply uh, waiting for uh, waiting for for Ricky to to join the chat room here, um, and I'll bring him on once uh, once I see see him uh, see him having joined. Um, so again, going back going back to. Uh, Going back to uh, the uh, going back to the Donovan uh, binder, um, the element of the deep state, and I'm going to simply mention uh, Leonardo Leonardo satellite. Um, the Leonardo satellite system uh, uh, is critical in understanding. Uh, here we go. Okay, so we've got Ricky here. Uh, let's go ahead and open this up. Let's see. Uh, I might have to bring in uh, Jim. Hey, Jim. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Admit. I think I got it here. Okay. Let's see, uh, Ricky, are you there? Unmute there. Oh, here he is, Ricky. Yeah, just un uh, unmute him. Okay. So just gonna unmute this to here, Ricky. Hi. Welcome. Hi, Ricky. Hello. Uh, welcome to discussions of truth, Ricky. Uh, I am Ian Trottier, and I appreciate the uh, the work that uh, that you have done, sir. Uh, good day to you. Good day to you, Ian. Thanks for having me. What do you want to talk about today? <laughs> Well, I want to talk about uh, saving uh, the country, uh, but uh, for uh, for viewers and listeners, uh, let's get into a little bit of uh, Ricky. Uh, uh, what you what has what has caused you to do some of the the work that you do, and certainly you've got um, 
the uh, uh, Real American Heroes program that you started and also the Council on Pornography and Reform. What, what caused you to start these organizations, Ricky? Yeah, Ian, thanks for that question. Um, so I was a member of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences since I've been eight years old. And, you know, they're responsible for handing out the most prestigious Oscars to the best films. A few years ago, because of the DEI um, requirements, they, they changed the guidelines. And to be eligible for the best picture category, you actually have to have um, LGBTQ um, story themes and characters and personnel work on the films. And so it is, it's an insult because, you know, Gold Star families send their kids to fight and die in America's wars sometimes. And the Academy says that those stories aren't eligible for the best picture Oscar because of the DEI requirements. And when that, when I saw that take place, I realized, you know, Hollywood has fallen and um, I still want to tell stories. I still want to make documentaries and films, but I wanted to do it out with a new structure. And so I set up a 501 C three real American heroes foundation. And its mission is to tell those stories of, the people that wear the uniforms and, and others in the past, present and future who, who embody the values and the principles that made America great and aren't trying to destroy it. And so I, I envisioned building a, a Patriot PBS where um, you know, we can, as, as viewers, take our money out of Hollywood and put it into an organization that produces films that honor us and don't tear us down. And it becomes like, um, it'll grow because the, the endowment will grow as, as people purchase those, those projects. We'll have more funds available and we can give scholarships to other storytellers and filmmakers because the programming is where we've got into this big problem. The programming from you know, Hollywood and music um, that has now been 40, 50 years pushed into our society and our culture is, is having its effect, its propaganda effect on us. And so that's why Real American Heroes was created. So other storytellers, not just me, and we can build something for us outside the Hollywood system to tell our stories. Yeah, let me ask you a question, though. And, and, and I, I like the word that you, you, you've used propaganda. And certainly this is this is a um, uh, this is a, a, a motive and a directive that's certainly not coming from. Uh, coming from constitutional values, in my in my view, uh, at what point in time you got started early in uh, in Hollywood at the age of nine? Uh, he said eight. Um, you uh, won a Golden Globe, I think it was. Uh, at what point in time in your career you basically spent um, most ninety percent of your life uh, exposed to and working inside of this propaganda machine, and, and now you're making uh, almost yeah. a a one hundred uh, one eighty, right? You're saying, wait a second. This is going in a direction that doesn't uphold my values. And I know, uh, Ricky, that uh, John Voight, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but John Voight, my understanding, has some of these conservative uh, constitutional values, pro-America, right? America yes. first values. Yes. Uh, however, the uh, however, what we see in the propaganda machine here is not necessarily – it's definitely not America first. At what point in time, Ricky, did you see uh, these that value system not – uh, supporting those of your own. Well, I was, I was, uh, I don't know how else to say it, but I was, sense. Yeah. I was a counter-programming asset. I wasn't an, an actor. And so I was, I was given my, my first movie when I was six, six years old. Howie, go outside. Can you put him out? 
Um, it was Jaws 2. Um, I was supposed to play Roy Scheider's son, and that fell through, <laughs> fell through during production. And then they gave me my next movie when I was seven years old, The Champ. And, um, you know, a lot of these sort of memories of, of um, it's a long story. How much time do we have? Do no, we, we, got, we, got, we, got, we got an hour. Uh, I, mean, I can extend that if you want. Are those your hunting dogs? Yeah, they're pets, but they <laughs> come from hunting lines. Um, well, goodness, uh, let's step back for a second. So in November of 2020, a man came to my house and he, he said uh, he had a copy of Hunter Biden's laptop and um, some voting data for the Smartmatic electric, um, elected elect, elector machines um, that he wanted to share with me. So for four hours, we went through Hunter Biden's laptop and he showed me how 6 million votes had been changed on election um, night um, in three main attacks from Iran, Syria, and uh, I mean, sorry, Iran, Russia, and China. And um, we went through that data and he left me with some of it. And I couldn't validate what he what he'd given me, but I did believe it was true. And so I spent a few months thinking about what I was gonna do with this information. Um, and that event with that man, he'd come to my house 10 years earlier. I'd met him when I lived in Topanga, California. Um, I went to the local coffee shop and we had a farm there and I had five miniature Sicilian donkeys that were great pets, but the kids weren't playing with them anymore. And so I wanted to give them to a family. So I asked the local coffee barista if she knew of anybody who might want them. And so she said, I might. And so this man shows up with a horse trailer and we visited for a while. Uh, my son was very impressed with him and, and myself. And um, we, we visited and it was, it was a nice conversation. And then he came to my house 10 years later with Hunter Biden's laptop. And so- announced. Um, no, a, a phone call came first and said that he was coming. And um, so I'd met him once before. So we spent four hours together and he shared with me what he shared with me. And then I started having some like memories from, from childhood. And um, one of them was not just one of them, but there was a man that I used to um, put headphones on me. And we would sit in a room, he and I, and... I'm not sure exactly what went on in that room, but every Saturday I'd visit with him or most Saturdays because I would play tennis. Um, uh, I grew up on the courts. And so as a little kid, I grew up on the courts. And this was somebody I remembered that my dad played tennis with. So I went to my parents and I said, hey, guys, uh, any recollect any idea why this man I remember dad played tennis with him would put headphones on me and a tape recorder in a room? Um, and they were like, no, we have no idea. And um, so I asked my sister, I said, Don, do you have any idea what this could be? And she said, oh, yeah, I, I know his name. His name was John Tolvey, T-O-L-V-E. And he did it with me a few times. And so I went back to my parents and I said, mom, dad, who is John Tolvey? And they're like, oh, John. My dad's like, oh, John, he was a tennis friend of mine and he was an NYPD detective for, for 30 plus years. But, but I have no idea why he would have put headphones on you and your hey, Ricky, sister. Let me, were you in New York or California when this was happening? So I grew up in Staten Island, New York. And so um, I grew up on the tennis courts at St. Joseph's by the Sea. It's a Catholic high school in, 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 in Staten Island. So every Saturday from 9 to 12, I would go play tennis 
But at some point during that three hours, I would be taken into a classroom. And this would happen with John Tolvey, whatever was happening. But it happened other places. It also happened at, at, at homes, um, not just in the, at, the high, at the high school. So my parents have no idea, they say. Um, my dad says, not my parents. My dad says he has no idea um, why this would have happened. And, um, but it, it made me have more questions. Um, and uh, my mother, the last, you know, I'm estranged from my parents, unfortunately. But the last thing she said to me was that there was other kids in the program, that it wasn't just me. And I remember there was a couple other boys that were just like me. They had blonde hair and blue eyes and their mom was from Germany. And um, my dad worked with, with their father at IBM. And um, so I'm not sure how many kids were involved in the program, but there was a program and there was um, a bunch of parents um, all related to IBM or AT&T parents that had children that they were pushing into, or somebody was pushing into the entertainment field and giving movies to, giving opportunities to. Um, and so I was given the champ uh, when I was seven years old. And, um, and all those memories related to that, that whatever it was came back after they brought me Hunter Biden's uh, laptop. And then as I look back in, in, in my past, you know, and, the documentaries I made in Afghanistan, you know, the access I was given to go deep into the, uh, the process of war, um, it's, it's not normal, the amount of access I was given uh, to, to tell the fighting season, let's say, the documentary. Um, and so I believe there was a program and it was Ronald Reagan's program because I got to meet him three times when I was younger with my father. And um, from what I can uh, determine is that propaganda came in big time in, under his, his reign, his administration. There was, there was something that happened in the, um, in the law that allowed propaganda um, for the first time to be an un, uh, an, 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 uh, to be allowed into America in the way it was. And that, that was, there was a change in the law and I, I, I'd like to identify it for you. I, I looked at it one time and I don't recall it off the top of my head. And I believe that this was a counter-programming effort that Reagan had because he knew the power of, of influence of um, celebrity and that uh, they planted me there and then they sort of reignited, reignited me, if that makes any sense, re-engaged me. Yeah. Um, it, it, also interesting under the there's two things that come to my mind, Ricky, under the under this uh, administration you're speaking of Ronald Reagan. Um, and by the way, I think he's the original Make America Great. I think that was a slogan that Reagan uh, had come up with. I'm not sure if that predates him, but I'm, I, I believe he used that. The first thing is the vaccination uh, 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 the vaccination legislation that was passed under his administration, where the pharmaceutical companies could not be uh, could not be attacked. So, so if your child is vaccine injured, you couldn't go after the pharmaceutical companies. That that is a law that passed under the Reagan administration. The other thing that uh, comes to my mind is this, and and a lot of stuff that I do, Ricky, is I like to dig into the deep state, which means I like to I like to look into the in, the exact foundation of 
the country, right? And and who funded it? Uh, how the British East Indies Company made it? So I, I look at some some of all these historical aspects and trying to That's understand sad. where the country came from. So uh, also, what happened under the Reagan administration, Ricky? And it sounds like you've got some things to say, but also what happened under the Reagan administration was uh, at least 100. I think it was 120 years prior to Ronald Reagan, the United States as a government uh, did not have official. Uh, 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 official relations with Rome being the Vatican. And it was under Ronald Reagan that those relations were officially uh, re, uh, re, reorganized and, and um, uh, redeveloped. That was under Reagan. It happened under Reagan. Very important, very key, because uh, John F. Kennedy, as we know, was assassinated. Uh, m m my interpretation is not he was not assassinated because of some crazy Marine. Uh, that was a well-organized hit on a man that wanted to liberate the economy from the Federal Reserve System that had been passed in 1913, and he wanted to reinstitute the U.S. Treasury. So a lot of this has to do with money, and and you're bringing propaganda, and that means that means uh, uh, brainwashing basically the masses to think in one way or another. Anyway, some of your thoughts. Yes, um, you know, my my grandfather Hans Schroeder grew up in Egypt in the embassy in the German embassy. His father was a diplomat in Cairo. Egypt. And um, he came to America, Hans. And um, I guess, you know, right before World War II, a lot of people were concerned about the Germans. And um, some feds showed up to his house. And uh, there was there was a radio involved that they took. And um, this is according to my father. And my father says that he was just listening to German opera. And it freaked the neighbors out in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. And um, Rise of the Valkyries, I think it was the song. And um, and so anyway, they they got my fa my family became known to the feds back then. And so an interesting fact is that everybody in my family has had some visit from a federal agency other than me, starting with my grandfather Hans, uh, all the way through my sister Dawn. They've all had visits, official visits. Um, from some federal sec security apparatus agency. I never have. Um, so I, I don't know where that fits in with all this, um, but it's just interesting family history. Um, I don't know how to transition out of that because I have more questions than answers about, about it. Um, the fellow, the fellow that the, the fellow that you'd met, and it sounds like you met him uh, playing tennis as a kid, and then he reinserted himself in your life. So it's almost it's almost as if your entire life was being tracked. Um, but he reinserted himself into your life, if I've got this right, and he brought in the Hunter laptop. Uh, no, he, yeah, go ahead. So John Talvey was the man that um, I guess you'd call him my programmer. I don't know what he was doing with headphones on me, other than some some sort of education. MK Ultra? Um, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know uh, exactly. Um, but John Talvey passed away in 2019. The man that brought, came to my house um, and brought me the Hunter Biden stuff, um, he said that he worked as a contractor for three-letter agencies. Um, he's also the man that took my donkeys 10 years earlier from my farm. So 10 years prior to giving me the Hunter stuff, he came to my farm and took those donkeys. John Talvey was my father's tennis player, a partner um, in New York. And uh, it was a NYPD cop for 30 plus years. 
And uh, I, I remember I, re I lost contact with John Talvey once we had, had moved, but I never lost contact with tennis coaches until I was about 19 years old. I had tennis coaches on East and West Coast that I never asked for, but it was, it was always new people coming through my life as coaches um, to work me out. And so I, I don't, I'm, I'm assuming there was some, whatever they were trying to instill in me, it was reinforced through tennis. Because like I said, I had a busy career and I had no need for tennis coaches, but, um, but they were there. And do, do you remember, do you remember them shaping your thoughts in one way or the other regarding tennis or Hollywood? Obviously you excelled as a, as, as a, as a, as an actor, more so than tennis, or at least you decided to put energy that way. I'm an asset. They, it's not, a, I'm not an actor. It's an asset. Right. Right. That's, explain that. Ricky, explain that. What does that mean? Well, like my room as a child was decorated with revolutionary war motif. So my bedspread, my pillow, all the art on my walls was all from the founding fathers. And so I slept every night in a comforter uh, with pictures on the wall of our founding fathers. If you go to St. Joseph's by the Sea High School rec room today, you'll see some of the same artwork on their walls that was in my bedroom as a child. And so I believe it was, um, it was, it was, uh, it was, I, I'm, I'm assuming, but I believe it was, it had to do with 1776 and it had to do with the founding fathers and it had to do with Lord and it had to do with uh, these kinds of, of, of issues and concerns and thoughts. It's my best, it's my best guess. And, and do you feel that you have been used as a productive asset? Uh, and, and whose asset were, are you? Are you still an asset? I, I, I don't know how they feel about me now because I, I'm talking about things that maybe they don't want talked about. So I'm not sure. They haven't come after me, I know. And they have, they have ways to do that if, should they want to. Um, and they haven't. And so uh, I don't know if I'm being protected or, or what, but um, I'm an asset of the Lord is really what I'm an asset of, you know, because um, I, I do believe that Jesus is the only way out of this mess and at the point we're at. And, um, and so whatever their intentions were for me, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I know what my intentions are now. Ricky, uh... Who's the they? Who, who do you think that they are? The people that program the news, the people that that create the news cycle, the people that uh, that control our, uh, our our emotional and our emotional states as a nation. These are the people. Uh, you know, there's good and bad in the CIA. There's good and bad in, in every organization. Uh, and so I think that I think that's the CIA. The CIA and and speaking of John F. Kennedy, right? I, I just had this conversation with uh, a guy named a guy named Alan Ehrlich, and he's uh, 
uh, he runs a construction company out of, he lives at 502 Park Avenue. I just, just did a podcast with him yesterday and a friend of mine. Um, and I asked him, I says, I says, Alan, he's known Donald Trump for since the eighties, I think, and maybe the, even the seventies. And I asked him, I says, I says, what is the deep state in your view, Alan? What is it? And, and, and the, the response he gave to me, Ricky was, well, those are, those are simply people that, uh, object to Donald Trump and, and, and his, and it was re really even that Donald Trump categorizes these people, uh, as being opposed to him. So he puts them into, in, into a category, you know, of course, of course he calls you know, the fake news or uh, the mainstream media, fake news. A lot of that runs through the council on foreign relations, which is tied into, uh, of course, the, the city of London. I don't know if you, you, you looked at that at all, at all, but the city of London, uh, finances, the monarchy, not the other way around. The, the monarchy is simply a puppet for the uh, for the bankers that reside in the city of London, uh, uh, similar to how the Federal Reserve, I believe, controls uh, controls the the constitution of the people and the government that's supposed to represent that constitution. And certainly they the government does not represent the constitution, um, not, not so much. Uh, so so the deep state, therefore, becomes a very complex answer. And what is a deep state? And so I disagreed with Alan. But one of the things I inserted, Ricky, was, wait a second. So you, you take you take a Republican versus Democrat and it doesn't really matter matter what side of the the, the, the political field uh, people may may align themselves with because uh, because they're both driving the national deficit uh, out of control they're both you know a 34 trillion dollar deficit it doesn't really matter if it's Republican or Democrat um, and I went back to John F Kennedy so we're talking about the CIA here and uh, how trustworthy of course is the CIA well there's a number of whistleblowers that come out and said the CIA which is formerly the OSS, uh, which which has ties to London again, all right. And so it's you know the British the British were not our our first enemy. The French were uh, excuse me the British were not our, our 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 first ally. The French were our first ally. General Lafayette was our first ally. So it becomes very complex. But just to just to piggyback off of this, the, you you mentioned the CIA. And so how much of the deep state is composed of elements of the CIA or the entire organization as it is uh, all together? Because John F. Kennedy, a Democrat, wanted to splinter it into a thousand pieces. Um, anyways, go ahead. Interesting, interesting fact about General Lafayette. He um, he gave George Washington a pack of Grand Blue Gascon French hounds. And um, I have a Grand Blue Gascon French hound. Her name is Darla. And um, anyways, General Lafayette. Um, well, yeah, so... Um, where do we do with this information? You know, what, what, where do we take it? Where do, what, what, how do you process it? How do you, you know, how do you, I mean, I, I'm trying to do something with, with what I know uh, and what I believe to be true. And so um, the best thing is just put some boots to the ground and do some hard work and, and fight them uh, on the porn front. You know, I, I, I like the porn fight. Um, there's a lot of perversion, I think, uh, in that world of, of globalist CIA. There's a lot of, um, and so I like the porn fight. Even if we don't win it, I like the porn fight. You know, what they did was intentional with porn to um, corrupt us. You know, when pornography on the internet first came out, but think about it, since the invention of the camera is when they could distribute it. So 150 years, they've been pushing it into society, right? Um, it's 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 escalated uh, incredibly fast with the internet. But when I was a child, pornography. I remember when it first went into Seven Elevens. It was behind the register, 
and it was behind plastic and you couldn't see it. Like a year or two later, they moved it to the aisles. And now like all the young boys could look at the magazines. Then shortly thereafter came the internet and they used the perversion of, of the freedom of speech, which it says in our constitution, they interpreted that to mean freedom of expression. And so, you know, when the forefathers wrote freedom of speech and freedom of the press, there were no cameras, there was no electricity. Um, and they redefined freedom of speech to mean freedom of expression, which includes photographs. And they justified pushing that porn into our homes and into our phones. When it first came out, it was in the .xxx URL. The only way you could find adult content was .xxx URL. And various people were insulted by that, including religious leaders of the day. And so they shut down .xxx and all that filth moved into the .com world. And it was now impossible for parents to like block it because it was whack-a-mole. There was too many porn sites. Before, when it was in .xxx, you could just put a block on your home to anything from .xxx and you didn't have to worry about it. And so um, that's one of our major goals is to get all adult content pushed back into the .xxx URL. And the second major goal is we want to off switch for, for America. Americans love choice. They love the choice. So why don't Americans have the choice to tell Verizon or AT&T or Comcast or whoever provides your internet? We want all adult content turned off to this account and these sub accounts. And then the family can be protected. You don't have to worry about your teenage boys snooping around on porn for because it's off at the cellular provider level. And so those are the two main uh, asks that, that our council is, is going to be putting forth. We have others. Um, but if you wanted to learn more about us, you know, you can go to councilonpornreform.org. Um, and it's a good fight to have because I want to see the people that fight uh, against us, the people that say this is uh, freedom of speech. Yeah. And it, it exposes your enemies. It reveals them. And so even if you don't win these fights, sometimes they're worth having. And so we're having, you know, we've taken on this fight um, at this time. That's great. Do you, do you see anybody revealing themselves right now? And, 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 and I want you to talk a little bit more about, uh, you, you refer to yourself as an asset. Um, that's, that's very insightful. Uh, what, do you, what do you see inside the Hollywood machine? Are there, are there people out there that you would trust right now, Ricky? Or are there people that are revealing themselves as being part of this, uh, this cabal? Well, I, I believe there's other assets um, and they, they get designed different ways. You know, the Lord can just convict somebody and change them to, to his asset as well. What I'm talking about was a different kind of program, but I do believe there's assets of, of, uh, and, and I believe we're outgunned and outmanned big time. Um, and I, I don't know if that program still exists or, um, or what they're doing. I'm sure it does. Why would they stop it? Uh, you know, I do see some people standing up and, and fighting, but you know, like my, my friend Brian says, they all have golden shackles. Uh, a lot of people in Hollywood, they want their money. They want to, they don't want to rock the boat. They just want to do is get along with everybody so they can just slide under. But we're at a point in society where, you know, those are cowards to me. You know, they, they, they either take a stand and they demand um, that, that things change at the academy like, like Tom Hanks and Will and 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 
Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg and, you know, their movie Saving Private Ryan wouldn't be eligible for the best picture category because of the DEI requirements. And I haven't heard a peep out of them to stand up and, and, and speak about it. You know, Hollywood's just full of, I don't know, they, they, they're different than us. They're not the same, the way they see things and the, the, their goals, a lot of them, they're just different than us. It might be a little more self-serving, a little more shallow. And like you say, simply simply in it to uh, to survive economically and not so much make a difference uh, culturally. Um, uh, talk a little bit, uh, Ricky, about uh, about the border. Uh, what are your thoughts on the border? And 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 again, here I am talking to this guy at 502 Park Avenue. And I says, I, I ask him how he feels about uh, illegal immigration and open border. Um, uh, and he says he has no problem with illegal immigrants coming to the country. But yeah, these people... Uh, what are we at? Uh, is it is it 13 million so far in just a few years? Uh, the 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 country is being the culture um, uh, language border language borders and culture is what identifies uh, a country according to Michael Savage, who, uh, who who I used to listen to quite a bit. But I agree with that, and, and that's being absolutely slaughtered by this globalist machine. Uh, it seems that their desire is to. Uh, is to destroy the identity of America, which is what is made American. So you infiltrate, you infiltrate and invade, you erode and destroy. Let me mention this to you, Ricky. Uh, so I was in Arizona recently, uh, and uh, and I'd gone, I'd gone down, went down to the border. I spent three days down on it, and I was introduced to a guy named Michael Yon. And I get on the phone with Michael Yon, Ricky, and I and I spend two hours on the phone with him. He's down in Panama. He's at a he's at a former U.S. Army base called Fort Clayton, and uh, and and he tells me that the the fort has been turned into a UN uh, agency called the International Organization for Migration. Uh, this was part of the Carter Torrijos Treaty uh, back in '79 that said at the end of the century uh, the canal would return to uh, return back to uh, uh, to the Panamanian control. So I says, I says, Michael, I says, I says, what are you finding down there? And of course, you got the Darien Gap, which is where the roads are, a road, a road to connect north and south is is not, uh, it's not able to engineer. They can't engineer a road on this Darien Gap. And keeping in mind for listener, listeners and viewers, the, Pan, the country of Panama broke away and declared independence from Colombia. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of that interchange still uh, in existence today. Um, but uh, uh, here we have the Teddy Roosevelt starting the Panama Canal and then being finished. I think it was uh, uh, either under Harding, maybe under Wilson. Um, but it took it took centuries, centuries of uh, the Scottish, uh, I believe, perhaps the French, certainly the Spanish were in there trying to uh, canal this isthmus. It, it, it was a, it was a large fight. And then for the U.S. to just hold on to it for a few decades and then turn it back over, it sounds like you know it's part of a, the, then this debt system, right? So, so who was who who was Carter in debt to? Uh, my my point here is this, uh, Ricky: the International Organization for Migration, according to Michael Yan, is orchestrating this invasion northward. What are your thoughts? Uh, so it's a UN, right? It's a globalist uh, agenda, a UN agenda. It's not not a not an American first agenda. But what are your thoughts on the uh, the border uh, condition? And um, yeah, yeah. So there's a huge movie out right now called Migration, and it's a children's movie, and it's programming the children to believe that migration is good, because the storyline in the in the Disney film is that um, the waterfowl migrates and and gets to safety out of the storms and then, you know, so migration is the word they're all using, right? Instead of Ill illegal aliens or illegal immigrant, it, they're using migrants, 
So you can see the CIA at work there, programming the next generation yeah. of children to believe that migration is a good, safe thing because the animated movie says it. You could look at um, Survivor, the TV show that changed the landscape of reality television and the culture. This is a show where people lie, cheat, and steal, and whoever does it best wins. This is a show where people compete for idols. I don't know if you've looked at the Bible, but the, the Bible warns us against idols a lot. And so here's the biggest show on TV for 25 years. And the goal is to get the immunity idol, right? You look at American Idol, the TV show, the singing. Again, they've got us chasing idols. You look at the, uh, and who's behind that? It's, it's CIA. You look at the, um, the furries and the rise of the furry um, people that pretend like they're animals and trans species and all the people that are in that world, it's connected to bestiality. It came from Disney. You look at Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Donald Duck, the first furries. So they, they have a deep, a deep seated plan um, to manipulate control the thoughts and control our actions therefore and um the borders it's tragic what's happening you know citizens of our nation are being killed by violent criminals that are coming from other countries yeah. this is treasonous it's treasonous their behavior it's treasonous what they've done um and so many of our fellow citizens are i guess low education or low iq level uh and just ignorant to the realities of what's what's happening in our country. And so um, we have to help them along. And we got to, um, we also have to stand for the, you know, for the law and the truth uh, and not be afraid or, or, or worried about being called names by them because we want secure borders and we want law and order. Um, you know, when you decide to speak up, you know, you have to have the courage to just whatever comes with it. Um, and I knew when I, when I read, when I bailed Kyle Rittenhouse out of jail, that I was going to get a lot of hate. And so uh, I'm glad that I did that for Kyle. And, um, you know, I did get a lot of hate. Um, and, you know, he deserved his day in court and he deserved to be treated properly in the press and not convicted. And so, um, but once that action happened, there was no uh, going back for me, not that I ever wanted to. But that changed uh, my life, bailing that kid out of jail. <laughs> well, thanks for doing that. I, I didn't know you were involved in that. Um, and and look, I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send you. I was I was recently at CPAC in uh, in in DC, and I was I met with a guy named John Donovan, a senior who actually is from New York, and his father was uh, FBI agent based in New York. But he gave me a binder, Ricky. He gave me a binder uh, that exposes John Brennan's knowledge of various terrorists entering the country, i.e. the Boston bomber, a uh, Boston Marathon bomber, uh, because uh, uh, because uh, uh, John had access to, as a private analyst, uh, to databases, CIA databases. What the CIA was using uh, was an NSA program called X-Keyscore. I'd be happy to send this to you uh, because he's trying to get this information out. It ties in, of course, to uh, what Edward Snowden uh, uh, exposed and the corruption, but essentially, what Donovan's work shows is that is that John uh, Brennan 
had knowledge of these terrorists entering the country and a knowledge of what they were going to do. And he didn't expose it. Of course, he kept it under lid because he was cashed out on, on the backside to the tune of about $4 million of this software program. So I'm happy to send that to you uh, if, you, if, you if you'd like to take a look at that. But again, here it's CIA. Um, early on my program, I've had John Kariaku. I started the program in Miami in 2016. John Kariaku, I had uh, Ray McGovern. And then recently, I had a guy named Pedro Ortega uh, join the show. So a lot of this stuff, uh, and I'm glad you're talking about the CIA, a lot of this stuff roots back to the CIA. What are your thoughts, uh, Ricky, on the voter system? One of the reasons I mentioned this is this, and, 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 and I want you to kind of run with this. One of the reasons I mentioned this is this, Ricky. Uh, there's a woman that I befriended a couple years ago that, that blew, uh, basically blew the whistle. She's not a whistleblower, but she blew the whistle on a program called Leonardo, the Leonardo satellite. And the Leonardo satellite evidently is manipulating voter through, 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 uh, 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 through a network with Germany was manipulating the voting system at the 2022 election. I firmly believe that the information she has is accurate. Um, uh, uh, during the Obama administration, again, this is when Donovan is doing his work with Brennan. During the Donovan, uh, during the Obama administration, uh, there's public record that a uh, that a Lorenzo uh, Aldo Aldo Brandini, which is Italian nobility, uh, and by the way, Maria is being sued by the Italian government. Uh, Aldo Brandini met at the White House with Jay Carney. So, so I believe, Ricky, I believe some of these old family lines in Italy uh, that are easily pawned off is conspiracy theory, right? Uh, I'm saying it's not conspiracy theory. This is conspiracy to bring down the United States. And I think they're doing a really good job of it, uh, which hence is one of the reasons I do it. What are your thoughts on, on that? And, and again, what are your thoughts on the uh, uh, what are your thoughts on the voting system? And I'm going to mention this again. I know I'm throwing a lot at you, Ricky, but there's something called uh, Vote Scam, the Stealing of America, which two brothers wrote about 15 years ago, the, the Collier brothers. And they have they have shown that with IBM, and you mentioned IBM, the IBM and the Council on Foreign Relations, mainstream media, they have colluded to rig presidential elections going back to uh, LBJ. Anyway, it's a lot, lot, lot to digest. What are some of your thoughts? <laughs> I, don't know where to t I don't know where to jump in there. I don't know much about some of what you just asked me. I, I don't have a, a, a clear opinion on those, on those programs. I did, never did any research into them. Um, I do believe that there's a, a, an effort to undermine our democracy and, uh, you know, it's evident. Um, so I, I don't know. Can you ask me another question? Because I don't know where to go with any of that. Okay. Well, how do you feel? <laughs> how do you feel about the, uh, the, the, the election system? Do you have any comments in regards to whether it may be rigged or, or whether it may be foul play? Um, what are your thoughts on that? And I don't know who you voted for, for president, but what are your thoughts? Well, the man that came over my house had a spreadsheet that showed, you know, almost 6 million votes were changed on election night in just the states and the counties they needed to win those electoral votes. And so it had the IP address of the, uh, the serial number. It had the IP address of the launch of the attack. It had how many votes were changed. It had quite a bit of data on each line item it totaled over 6 million votes or right around there. And so I can't validate that. I can't, I can't validate it. Um, but I, I know when I saw the press shut down the Hunter Biden laptop 10 days before the election and um, shut down the New York post Twitter account and the Bobolinsky interview and the hide all that, 
I saw a coordinated effort to suppress one, one part of the story. And, you know, from what I know in Nazi Germany, that's what the Nazis did. They, they took over the, the radio and they took over the TV and they took over the newspapers and anybody that resisted them, they destroyed or shut down or ruined their lives. And I saw incredible similarities to what I'd heard about the Nazis. My, my hero, my great uncle Tiny was a captain in General Patton's third army. And I grew up in, I grew up in his, at his feet. Raymond Berthoff was his name. And uh, so, you know, he talked to me about, about the Nazis. He fought them and uh, killed many. And, um, you know, he, and, 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 and because of my father, my grandfather coming from the German embassy in Cairo, Egypt, growing up there, um, I'd heard about Nazis uh, from my father's side. Um, and so I saw Nazi behavior. And, um, you know, they, the Nazis, they, they were wicked, obviously, but they, you know, like, for example, they, they released diseases into the Jewish community. Um, and they told the German neighbors, uh, these people won't vaccinate. They're dirty Jews. And so when the Jews were dragged away from their houses at night, their German neighbors that were non-Jews, they kind of just turned a blind eye to it and they let it happen because they already had been convinced that they were diseased and dirty vermin by the propaganda. And so when I saw COVID and I saw them trying to force mask me, I knew if they could get away with force masking me, they could force injection the rest of us. And so I kind of drew a line uh, about the masks, got kicked off an airplane for the masks, nice. got sent a fine by TSA by the, for the masks. What was um, the airline, United? I don't even remember. But they sent me a $13,000 uh, fine, the TSA. They said, this is your penalty if this happens again. And uh, anyways, so I saw the Nazi behavior um, in the way the media was acting and the way medicine was acting. I mean, the Nazis experimented. They were the first to experiment on human beings in the recent past. Like they experimented on twins. They experimented on humans. And... When I see this gender transitioning and the cutting off of little girls' boobs and things, it's, it, it reminds me of Nazis. It reminds me of Nazi behavior, experimenting on human beings. You know, they, they also shut down the churches, the Nazis yeah. that resisted them. But funny enough, not the Mormon church. Uh, 16,000 Mormons actively, actively um, had their faith uh, during Nazi Germany's reign. And so... Um, you know, it's, I used to be a Mormon. And so, uh, I looked into one of their, one of their members there that was head of the COVID task force for the Mormon church. And he used to be a Pfizer, um, lobbyist. And so this, this Mormon guy is, and he was the guy setting the, the, the COVID policy for the Mormon church, meaning that if you were a part of a congregation, your, your local Bishop, uh, was not authorized to give you a religious exemption. They offered no religious exemptions, the Mormons, to their members during the, the COVID rise. And so I, I, I saw a lot of, of, of just horrible, reminiscent behavior from, I'd heard stories about the Nazis, like I said, from my family that fought them. And, um, and I saw what was happening in America. And I was, 
you know, Operation Paperclip, Operation Paperclip, you know, they brought them over and, and they've infiltrated deeply uh, into all parts of our society and government. Um, it's a really small world. My, my vet for 30 years in Colorado, um, his grandfather was Leon Thoreau, who was a famous FBI agent who uncovered a Nazi spy ring um, in America. And uh, J. Edgar Hoover fired him and then they prosecuted him because he talked about it in 1939. That's my, my vet. So it's, it's, it's interesting just to see some of these uh, co coincidence or not, I'm not sure. But, um, but anyways, I, I, I mean, I, what greater honor than to, uh, to, to give your life uh, in, in the service of your country and um, a righteous country. And so, um, you know, that's, that's where I'm at with this is, um, you know, the good Lord can use me however he wants, uh, including take my life if it helps him. And um, because I'm not going to live like a slave, I'm not going to have my children live like slaves, and we're not going to live in fear. And, um, you know, we're going to live the free American life that we've always lived uh, or, or, or die trying. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and one thing I will say is, through my research, um, I trace a lot, a lot of this uh, corruption back to an organization called the Knights of Malta. Um, and, and, and that's who I personally believe, Ricky, that's who I personally believe is, uh, who has, is controlling the, uh, the, the Central Intelligence Agency. Well, there's also the Illuminati that was incorporated one month before the Declaration of Independence yeah. was, and that was in Germany. And... Um, and one month before the Declaration of Independence. So, you know, perhaps there was some sort of infiltration um, yeah. this group into the into the the Masons. Yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt about it. And it, it, let me let me let me let me mention this because I want I want you to kind of we got a few moments uh, left and I want you to tell listeners what's next for you and what you're doing and leave you with some leave you to give some final thoughts. But um, what I what I traced back through a guy named uh, Eric John Phelps, who's a historian and theologian out of Pennsylvania, is yeah. uh, a guy named uh, 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 Loyola, uh, Ignatius de Loyola, who in 1540 under a papal bull uh, created something called the Militant uh, Regimini Militant uh, mili uh, Regimini Militant Exclusiae. Uh, that's a papa bull uh, uh, in 1540, uh, which is otherwise known as the Jesuits. And I believe the Jesuits are connected to the uh, the Knights of Malta. Uh, but what their objective is, was a counter-reformation to what was happening in Europe at the time with Martin Luther. And of course, Georgetown University, a feeder into D.C., is the oldest Jesuit institution. Uh, and their logo, as a matter of fact, Ricky, their logo is uh, very similar, almost identical to the uh, to this great seal of the, uh, of the United States. But you mentioned Illuminati, and so here I draw a parallel with this Ignatius de Loyola, who was either mentored and or he uh, was a member of the Spanish Alumbrados. And Alumbrados mean the Enlightened Ones or the Illuminati with the Spanish. So there's a, there's a connection that goes back centuries and centuries uh, for, for Americans to consider 
uh, in the formation and foundation of the country and how that element, like you're saying, with the Bavarian, Bavarian Illuminati, with Adam Weishaupt uh, forming uh, forming that a section in Bavaria in 1776, May 1st, as I believe it was, uh, uh, just a, a month before the uh, before the Declaration of Independence. There's some of these old uh, European roots that Americans, I believe, should be taking into consideration. Com completely agree, um, but I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful for our future. I, I believe there's a great awakening and movement. Um, and by illuminating some of these issues like pornography and stuff, we can we can actually, you know, stab them right in the heart or or try our hardest, you know, this this yeah. push this push this evil back, you know, because it's it's gonna take us all. Yeah, and I won't back down. And knowing that you won't back down, that that fortifies uh, any type of movement that you've got going and I've got going and any listeners has going. Um, so, uh, so thank you for doing the work that you do, Ricky. And uh, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of the, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, connection with you. Um, so, and again, thanks for joining Discussions of Truth. Ricky, as we, as we wind down the episode, we have a few more mo moments, uh, leave listeners with some final uh, uh, directives. Uh, what are you doing? What's the future for uh, the Council on Pornography Reform and Real American Heroes? Uh, maybe you want to give some examples of, of who you've chosen to be an American hero, um, and then uh, and then uh, what you'd like what you'd like Americans to walk away with, and 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 some action items, uh, some action items. What what they can do to get involved? Yeah. So we have some uh, on our website, realamericanheroesfoundation.org. You can actually read two of our films that are both true stories. Uh, these are these are these are powerful and important stories. Um, we love one's about the Battle of Wanat in Afghanistan, uh, and the other is about a Navy SEAL who swam 2,400 miles down the Mississippi River, one mile for every KIA in Afghanistan. Um, so you can support our foundation. You can read our content. Um, you can send us a, a, a note. Uh, if you have a story, you can submit stories to us. We're looking for other stories to tell and help other people develop. So we, ha we have that process. Um, you know, we all got to pray. I mean, we, we really do have to reconnect, in my opinion, with um, the Almighty. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot here in the physical world that can cause us to have stress and fear. But I, I'd like everyone to understand that I believe truly that this is the temporary world. This is like the, the projection in a sense, but the, the eternal world is, is souls are eternal, I believe. And so I believe the, that's, uh, that, that will come after the physical. So don't fear. Um, this is temporary. Whatever you're going through is temporary and there's an eternity uh, after this. Um, the Council on Pornography Reform, um, we're trying to collect stories of Americans that have been hurt by pornography. A woman at the airport came up to me the other day and uh, told me that her husband had taken his own life um, because of pornography. He, he, he'd seen some child porn and an investigation was opened into him. And instead of putting his uh, family through that, he decided to take his life. And so, you know, there's stories out there about people that have uh, pornography has really hurt them. Uh, we're, we're, we'd like America to share those stories if they want to give any of their own personal testimonials. And you can learn about that on councilonpornreform.org. We are um, developing um, legislation 
So I've hired an, uh, an attorney in, in Virginia who has experience with writing legislation. And so we're going to get that legislation written to the 80% mark regarding the off. We want an off switch and we want it back in the .xxx URL. Once we have that legislation written, we'll bring it to look for sponsors. And then the, the Congress and the Senate will put it through their process. Um, we're just trying to create a movement and energy of people because there's lots of good people out there that see the perversion is wrong. If we can unite those Americans and we can get some good legislation passed, or maybe even Trump needs to sign an executive order about this when he gets in. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We can then take that energy, though, into the next issue. Pornography can be a uniting issue that we want to protect the little ones and all of us from. And then we could take that group of people into like balanced budget and, and, and deal with the Fed um, and, you know, term limits and other yes. positive things that can affect our, our lives. But we need to build a group of people and some energy first. And that's what we're trying to do with Council on Porn Reform. And then one last thing I wanted to let you know is, is what is it, Creature from Jekyll Island, Julie, on YouTube? Jeter Griffin. What? The Road to Jekyll Island on YouTube. Um, my, my significant other did a documentary um, series, a short one, uh, 15 episodes, and they're like, how long each? 10 minutes? About the Fed. Nice. And so, yeah, and so it's really good information on the Fed and the history of that, uh, that cursed ground, too. I've, I've been to Jekyll Island, and I've seen where the phone call was taking place. So I'm very interested in uh, checking this out, Ricky. Very much interested in that. Yeah, so that, that you can find that on YouTube, and it's a whole thing on the Fed. Okay. Uh, Ricky, some final, final thoughts, some final words. I, I've got uh, about 90 seconds left. Uh, I'm going to leave you with the word, last word. Goodness. Um, you know, uh, we've all been fooled. The propaganda has been intense. It's, it's been nonstop uh, and it's led us astray, um, but it doesn't have to stay this way. Um, we can correct it. We do have to correct it or else um, the trajectory we're on is um, the end of, an, uh, of our nation as we know it. Um, so please wake up America, please wake up parents. Um, and let's 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 fix this um, socially and economically uh, for our for the little ones coming behind us because we're being very selfish in our behavior and not thinking about who they what 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 world we're going to give them and um, and and they're going to be slaves. I mean, every child is born now. I think with what is it, fifty or seventy-five or a hundred thousand dollars of debt on their head, and they haven't uh, incurred any of those bills but they're being born into a sense of servitude, um, economic servitude. So let's, let's, let's fix this. Um, let's pull together, let's stop arguing and let's get some solutions to make it better for all of them. Ladies and gentlemen, Ricky Schroeder. Ricky, I look forward to uh, inviting you back on the program. Thank you very much. Have a good day.